Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots Space Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Maples, Martini, and the Twins. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Yes, I busted out the old script. And I should probably keep using it. I should probably keep using it or at least update it a bit. Um, But for right now, I'm using the old script. Um, Also, I'm going to try to shuffle the podcast a bit back into a um, first half, second half kind of a thing instead of what it's been recently. Uh, creature choice. Um, the Cubs started a series against the Minnesota Twins on Tuesday. It's a brief two-game set, and the Cubs lost to the Twins. You probably know that. The pitching didn't do well. The hitting did all right, but not fantastically well. And one thing I decided I would get around to was looking a little bit at the tiebreaker scenario. What tiebreaker scenario? What kind of ties can there possibly be? Well, I, I'm looking at the list right now. Rockies are at point four six seven in the 10 spot. The Royals are at point four five four. In the nine spot, the Cubs are at four 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 in the eight. The Twins are at four three seven in the seven. The Marlins are at four two four in the six. The Nationals four one one in the fifth. Um, four one one in the fifth. Boy, that sounds like I'm talking about something from Pimlico, doesn't it? The fifth. Um, te- teams are starting to distance themselves. The Rockies seem better than the other teams. The Royals do seem a bit better than the Cubs, who seem better than the Marlins and the Nationals. It does look like, though, particularly pending tomorrow night, there could be the Cubs and the Twins reasonably close down the stretch. Cubs have... One more game against the Twins, seven against the Cardinals, and what, three against the Pirates? Something like that, something like that. And I decided I was going to check into something in the process, and I surprised myself with it because I had forgotten something that was rather basic. Um, If there is a tie between two teams, if there is a tie between two teams, as far as their record, as far as for the um, draft positioning. It goes to who had the better record last year, or more specifically, who had the worst record last year, or however you want to phrase it. The preceding year is the key. If there's a tie, the preceding year is the key. And a bit to my surprise, I had forgotten this, the Twins had a better record than the Cubs did last year. The Twins had a better record than the Cubs did last year. So, last year the Twins were a better team than the Cubs, per the formula. So, 
if the Cubs and the Twins tie, and there's a tie break, the Cubs select before the Twins. The Cubs select before the Twins if there is a tie. I haven't checked to see who the Twins are playing the rest of the season. I haven't checked to see who the Marlins are playing the rest of the season or the Royals or anything like that. But if there's a tie for the Cubs at 7-8 and the Twins at 7-8, the Cubs will draft 7th and the Twins will draft 8th because the Twins had a better record last year. Anyone else on that list, Nationals, Marlins, Royals, Rockies, anyone else on the list, I think the Cubs would be drafting after. But with the Twins, the Twins and only the Twins, the Cubs would draft before. Bit of a a surprise to me. I uh, I hadn't even really contemplated that. And contemplating things that other people don't contemplate is part of why I do the podcast. Nick Martini is back. Rafael Ortega is done for the season. So technically, he could be put on the 60-day injured list. Uh, I'm going to get back to that in a minute. Um, But Ortega's season is done if someone is available on the um, waiver wire, which probably won't happen at this time of year. Um, Usually by this time of year, that's not so likely to happen. Usually by now, um, I don't know why now. I really don't know why now. But three weeks ago, if there was an injury, teams would have a situation where they might end up putting players of long term, longer term value on waivers. But as of now, that's not usually going to be the case. So somebody, they can decide, okay, this guy's done for the year. We're not going to use this guy. It's only going to be playoff teams anyway. Because let's say the Cubs had someone particularly important. Oh boy, this is, yeah, this is going to play. Um, let's say the Cubs had somebody particularly important that they didn't want to designate for assignment. They didn't want to designate them for assignment, but there was a roster move that had to be made. The Cubs could very easily work around stuff because it's so late in the season. Because it's so late in the season, you know, put somebody on the 60-day injured list. Somebody is almost certainly to the point where I put them on the 60-day DL, in, in, IL. Um, put them on the 60-day list because we can survive the rest of the, you know, 10, 11 games without that player. You know, if so, uh, for instance, Wilson Contreras was busting it down the line tonight and extended himself, landed on the base, and came up a little bit funny. I don't know if there was anything to it or not, but let's say that there was. You know, if, if there was a case of, you know, Wilson Contreras... He's probably injured for about 10 or 12 days. Well, then you put him on the 60-day injured list. You put him on the 60-day injured list because there's no essential need to have him play the rest of the season. You'd like him to. It'd be fun. Get get, get him some at-bats. Nico Horner's getting some actual valuable time because he just hasn't had much chance to play. 
But as of right now, you're not going to run into a whole lot of teams who are... Most of the teams are eliminated now. Most of the teams are really eliminated. Now you're down to... Um, well, let's round up the Major League scoreboard and roll it back up to the standings. And how many teams are there really that are saying we are serious contenders for making the postseason? You know, there's... Um, Tampa Bay, Houston, Chicago, Boston, Toronto, the Yankees, arguably Oakland or Seattle. Arguably Oakland or Seattle if they were in a situation where um, put a player on waivers and we might make the postseason kind of a mindset. Arguably, Oakland and Seattle are still there. Arguably, Oakland and Seattle are there, but really probably not. In the National League, you have the Giants, the Brewers, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Cardinals. Arguably, the Reds, the Phillies, and the Padres. Arguably. There just really aren't a whole lot of teams left that are concerned about... Um, the last 10 or 11 games as being really important. So Nick Martini will be the uh, de facto other outfielder. Probably get a lot of pinch hitting chances in, etc., etc., etc. With my script being back, I'm also going to try to go back to having an in-between script, which I haven't written up yet. Um, I'm enjoying doing the podcasts. They are fun. They're enjoyable. But honestly, I am doing this to potentially get paid. I'm doing this to potentially get paid. Whether you pay or not is entirely up to you. I can't force you to. I can stop doing the podcasts, but I don't want to do that. I would appreciate if through my Patreon or through Anchor or through something. You um, contribute to my efforts. I'm trying to do something that I don't think a whole lot of other people are doing. There are Scads of Cups podcasts out there, but very few of them are paying attention to the um, minor details. The uh, do, doing the deeper dives. And I'm trying to do the deeper dive stuff. And as I try to do the deeper dive stuff, if you appreciate what I'm doing, there are ways out there. And Patreon is one. Anchor is another. If you wish to contribute to my efforts, I encourage you to do that. You are industrious people. And you can look up my Anchor. Or you can look up my Patreon and contribute to those. I hope you consider it. Thank you for considering it. The last bit of news is Dylan Maples. Dylan Maples brings about a whole 
wow, what do I even want to... There, there is so much discussion possible about Dylan Maples. And a bunch of it involves um, giving up. And a bunch of it involves strategy. A bunch of it involves giving up and a bunch of it involves strategy. The Cubs, in theory, and I thought they were going to. The Cubs, in theory, and I thought they were going to, were probably going to try to retain Dylan Maples for the rest of the season. Alas, they did not. They did not retain Dylan Maples. Well, I guess kind of they did. Back a few days ago, Dylan Maples was put on the um, DFA wire, which this time of this season means he was going to be waived. He was going to be waived in a matter of days, and it didn't take too long. There was no option for the Cubs to trade Dylan Maples. Their options were release him or put him on waivers. They put him on waivers, and interestingly, he cleared waivers. Interestingly, he cleared waivers. Now, first off, what that means is Dylan Maples is going to be with the Iowa Cubs. And for the next two weeks, he will be playing with the I-Cubs in Des Moines. Finally, off the 40-man roster. Some people have been waiting desperately. I want him off the 40-man roster as if it's like a pimple or a wart on there behind. As if Dylan Maples is a personal affront to their happiness in their life or whatever. He was on the 40-man roster because he had to be on the 40-man roster. He had no options left and the Cubs didn't want to um, designate him for assignment because they didn't want to lose him for absolutely nothing. And some people will say, oh, well, nobody wanted him now. In fact, I saw somebody who said that. They didn't want him. They don't want him. They didn't claim him on waivers. They didn't want him. Well, those are two different things. There is do not want and there is did not claim on waivers. For instance, Frank Schwindel. When Frank Schwindel was placed on waivers, the Cubs had two options. One, claim him, put in a claim for him, and possibly play him through all of August and September which is what happened, or not claim him and expect someone else will keep him or expect the A's would have probably kept him at least through the end of the season. And when Schwindel, let's play the um, Cubs don't claim him thing, the A's keep him through the end of the season. Then at the end of the season, the A's lose him to being a, um, was it, Rule 9 free agent, I think so. He's been around forever. He's been around forever. The A's were only going to be able to keep him if they put him on their 40-man roster again, which they would not have done. And he would have been a free agent to sign with whoever. And he would have signed as a player that had um, no sort of reputation with anyone. And he basically would have been in the... Dylan Maples sort of situation. Teams looked at Dylan Maples and they decided, and this is me guessing, this is me guessing, this is me guessing, because that's what I can do. There wasn't going to be any learning 
on Dylan Maples over the next 10 or 12 or 14 days. There just wasn't. And with the timing such as it is, the team was not going to be able to, by MLB rules, claim Dylan Maples and then run him through waivers in three or four days or three or four weeks and um, bounce him off the 40-man roster. Because you know, there's a lot of teams like to do that. Put in a claim on a guy, wait a week, wait four or five days, run, um, run him through waivers again, and try to get him through waivers. The Cubs did that with Sergio Alcantara. They claimed him on waivers from the Tigers. Then they waited about, I don't know, four or five days. Then they ran him through waivers again, and nobody claimed Sergio Alcantara, so the Cubs were able to keep Sergio Alcantara, as of that point, off of the 40-man roster. Eventually, he made it back to the 40-man roster, and again, the Cubs are going to have that decision to make this offseason with Sergio Alcantara. Is he worth offering a 40-man roster spot over the offseason? I've heard people making claims for yes. I've heard people making claims for no. I'm not quite sure, but it's going to be a fascinating discussion, fascinating thing to see. Sergio Alcantara is still strictly middle column for me. I have not decided. Sergio Alcantara is completely an unknown as far as will he make the 40-man roster over the offseason. So with Dylan Maples, teams realized, realistically, there's nothing that could be done over four or five days where they were going to be able to find the flaw in Dylan Maples and fix it and make him a full and complete Major League Baseball player. It wasn't going to happen over four or five days. So what other teams decided, instead of we're going to claim him, put him on our 40-man roster all the way through the middle of February and into March, all the teams decided we aren't going to claim Dylan Maples. So Dylan Maples remains a Cub. He's with the I-Cubs now. And as soon as the World Series ends, five days later, a whole bunch of people are going to be declared free agents for a whole bunch of different reasons. And Dylan Maples will be one of them. Then what happens, let's see, that would be a November question, right? Yeah, November question. Then all the teams who actually are interested in Dylan Maples, and a lot of them are. There are a whole bunch of teams that I would love to have a chance to try to improve Dylan Maples. But it doesn't work if he's on the 40-man roster. It only works if he's not on the 40-man roster. If he ends up getting claimed by a team off of the 40-man roster as a minor league. And frankly, him getting paid isn't even the concern. Let's say a player like Dylan Maples would probably make, I don't know, it, default number I like to use is $25,000. You know, let, let's say, let's assume, let's guess that the amount that Dylan Maples would probably get paid as a minor league player is $25,000. I'm probably off way quite a bit one way or another on it. Well, let's just say it's $25,000. So what will happen? Some teams will line up and say, hey, we will offer you $30,000 to come play in our organization as a minor league player. 
in our minor league camp. We'll try to fix you and turn you back into a major league player because we really do think that there's something in there. It just hasn't been tapped with the Cubs. I was talking about Paul Sewald earlier on Tuesday. Paul Sewald hadn't really been on my radar, but he instantly became on my radar. He was with he was drafted by the Mets in 2012. Moved up through their system, made it to the major leagues. In 2019 and 2020, he played for the Mets for about 23 games, for about 25 innings. And his numbers were horrible. His numbers were horrible. And the Mets got to the offseason and say, you know what, Paul Seawald, we're about done with him. They could have retained him on the 40-man roster. They did not. For whatever reasons, they did not. They let him go. Seattle brought him in. Seattle brought him in, and this year he's pitched in over 50 innings as a leverage reliever, mostly as a leverage reliever. He has a whip under one for the season. Seattle uncovered something in Paul Seawald that the Mets had not discovered. And somebody's going into it a little bit, and it's like, oh, okay, that's really cool, but um, I, w- I really can't do a whole lot with what it is that they did, but someone found something that if Paul Seawald does this instead of what the Mets had been telling him to do, he very well might be successful. He very well was successful, and congratulations to Paul Seawald. Teams are going to want to do that with Dylan Maples because Dylan Maples could be very useful. The Cubs used every possible kick the can down the street method to delay and hopefully he'll figure things out. Under the Cubs, Dylan Maples did not figure things out. It just didn't work. Not all organizations are going to be able to tap into that for every single player. So Dylan Maples... Someone will offer him a non-roster invite to spring training. They will have him as a minor league player. And they will run him to their version of the pitch lab. They will say, hey, how about maybe you should try this. Maybe you should do some of this. And I wish him well. I wish him well. But the reality is the Cubs decided he wasn't going to be worth a 40-man roster spot over the offseason. And since he wasn't going to be worth a 40-man roster spot over the offseason, they weren't going to get anything for him anyway. They weren't going to get, maybe they were going to be able to get waiver, a waiver fee for him. They didn't even get that. But that doesn't mean that zero teams are interested in him. What that means is zero teams were interested in giving Dylan Maples a 40-man roster spot for the entire offseason. That's what it means. Zero teams were interested in giving Dylan Maples a 40-man roster spot over the entire offseason, knowing that they would have to leave him at the major league level in the spring. Zero teams were interested in doing that. To, To make the bold statement that nobody wanted him, you'd have to take me up on this wager. This wager, and then I, 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 how about this? Let's bet a kidney. I will bet one kidney that someone is willing to offer Dylan Maples an off-season roster spot. 
Somebody. Which team? Don't know. Don't really care. Maybe it'll be the Rays. Maybe it'll be the Phillies. Maybe it'll be the Giants. Maybe it'll be the Astros. Maybe it'll... Some team that, hey, there's something we think we can do with this guy that possibly the Cubs didn't do. Let's take him in. Let's bring him in. Let's look. Let's check him out. Let's run... Let's use him. Let's use him in some games and let's see. Let's use him in AAA games and see if we can figure out something. Can we get him to be useful? Maybe it'll be yeah, maybe it'll be no, but really if a team ends up spending twenty-five, thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand dollars on Dylan Maples for for a um minor league job and whichever team it is. You know, let's say it costs them all $35,000. That's like a waiver wire fee. They bring them in. They run them through. And uh, no, we can't do anything. There, There's nothing we can do to fix them. There really isn't. Then so be it. That's how it's going to be sometimes. That's going to be how it's going to be sometimes. But Dylan Maples is worth a gamble for someone. I don't know which team that will be. I'm sure Dylan Maples and his agency and his um, representative, they're all doing research on which teams make the most sense as far as bring this guy in and get... some. Somebody's going to give him a look. Somebody should give him a look. The Cubs, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. Not due to lack of trying. It just didn't work out. And sometimes it's good to be mature enough to say, we tried. It just didn't pan out. Maples had a decent season this year. But the Cubs decided he wasn't going to be worth a 40-man roster spot this offseason. What with newer players coming in, roster spots being needed for other specific players, and as of late September 2021, the Cubs-Dylan-Maples experiment is over. I wish him well. I, I, I see no reason to be angry or hostile toward Dylan-Maples. Some people are. I'm, I don't know. I guess it makes sense to them. Um, but no, Dylan-Maples is... Going to no longer be a Cub as of early November. And the Cubs tried what they could. It, uh, it Not every method will work with every pitcher. Dylan Maples is out. Nick Martini is back. Rafael. No, 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 no. Alfonso Rivas is done for the year. And the Cubs hold the tiebreaker over the Minnesota Twins in the draft race. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon. I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to people.